Sukkah, Per Gimel, Mishnahei, 3.5. We now discuss the Esrog. This is the first of several Mishnahis discussing the requirements for Esrog. starts out like the others. Esrog ha-gazul v'hayavish pasal. If your Esrog is stolen or dried out, it's pasal like the other minim. And for the same reasons, gazul for those two reasons, because either it is a potentially mitzvah baba vera, or it doesn't live up to the requirements of being lachem. The latter, only a problem on the first day. The former, the problem all seven days. As for Yavesh, dried out, an esrog is considered dried out, like the others, if all of the moisture has been totally removed from the esrog. So if you put in like a, a orange juicing machine, you wouldn't get a drop out of the esrog. That would be Yavesh. Shel Asher v'shel Ilhanidachas, puzzle. If your esrog came from the tree worshipped, again, as a Jewish tree we discussed, and so on. Same as the previous, Ilhanidachas, also the same as before, since both of those a esrog that came from an Asherah tree or from an Ironidachas has to be burned and destroyed. It's as if it lacks the requisite shiur now. We'll discuss the shiur, the requisite size of an esrog, in the Kalb Mishnah's time. Shelish, Shel Orla, Pasal. This is different. Unlike the previous three minim, which are plants as opposed to fruit, the esrog is a fruit and therefore. Its requirement to be lachem, yours, includes that it's yours in the sense you can use it and benefit from it in the normal way. When it comes to fruit, that means eating it. So if the esrog is inedible because it's halakhli forbidden to you, it's not considered lachem, and you're not yotzi. And therefore, the orla esrog, that means an esrog that came from an etrog tree in the first three years of the tree's growth. So since that is forbidden to get benefit from that fruit, it's going to be not sufficient and one won't be yotzi if he uses it as his esrog. The actual din is that orla must be burned. Similarly, shall truma tamea puzzle. If your esrog was a truma esrog and it became tame, so now no one can make benefit of this. The halach is that a, a burned to the orla Esrog, the Kohen who owns this Truma Esrog could get benefit as it burns, but either way it must be burned. No one can eat it, not even a Kohen. And therefore, using such an Esrog is invalid. It's a puzzle. Again, since you can't get benefit from it, therefore it's not considered to be yours, and therefore you won't be able to the Esrog. That'll be a problem of just the first day. Now, there are those who question, starting with Roshonim on down, why that's the only problem. In other words, why isn't there a separate problem like the Asherah and Irnidachas, that the Esrog, which is a Truma Tame Esrog, or an Orla Esrog, must be burned, and therefore it should lack the requisite Shior, and therefore it should be puzzled all seven days. So the Achronim want to differentiate between the Asherah and the and the uh, Irnidachas, which there's a mitzvah to destroy it from the world per se. When it comes to Orla, um, there is a requirement to burn it, but that's not so it should be destroyed from the world, rather just, just so no one should get benefit from the orla. And similarly, while there's a requirement to burn truma tamea, the Kohen himself may get benefit as a burn. So they're not quite the same. And this principle of if it's, you know, if it's got to be destroyed, then it's as if it's already gone, only applies, say these, these uh, achronim, to the asherah ernidach. So the actual lush of the Gemara, for what it's worth, is Katuse michtas shiura. Its its uh, required size has already been ground up, so that wouldn't apply, perhaps. Um, by the way, others indeed say no; it has to be burned, and therefore the esrog that is from an orla tree or that's from truma actually is invalid all seven days. There are those who hold like that. 
Um, fine. So that's a machlokas. Now, furthermore, when it comes to shel truma tahora, if this is a tahor esrog, and it's truma, then lo yitol, one shouldn't take it. V'im natal kasher. But if one did take it and use it for his arbaminim, he would be yotzi b'ti eved. The reason why is because, well, let's talk about why one shouldn't use it. The reason why one shouldn't use it is because there's a separate mandate from the Torah that people have to keep mishmeres trumosai, keep guard of truma so it shouldn't become tummy. And common practice is to put your arbaminim or some of them into water to keep them fresh during the seven days. We'll discuss that explicitly at the end of the parak, the last Mishnah. And that being the case, we're concerned that your esrog will become wet from water. And then it will become tuma, ready to become tummy. And then later on it will become tummy. And if it's a truma esrog, you'll be over the iser of letting your truma become tummy, failing to guard it from tuma and otherwise being destroyed. And therefore, lechachila, one shouldn't use a truma esrog. But if he did, after the fact, he is yoti. Now that's true even if the person who's using the esrog is not a kohen. The reason for this is because um, he himself, if he's not a kohen, can't eat it, but he can give it to someone else to eat, let's say, another Kohen who's his friend, or let's say he has a grandchild who's a Kohen, like his daughter married a Kohen, etc. So he could give it to other Kohanim to eat, and therefore that's sufficiently his that one could be Yotzi. Um, as an important aside, if a person is mafresh, if he ties his esrogim and designates this esrog as truma, he could not use it, even with the Evid, even if it's Tahor, as his esrog. And the reason why is because it's not his. One who's mafresh an esrog would have to give it to a Kohen, and therefore until he gives it, it's not his, so therefore it's not lachem. That'd be a problem on the first day, of course. Um, but our mission is talking about that you could be yotzi the evid even on the first day, that will be where you acquired from some other Kohen the esrog that had been given to him as truma. Okay. Mishnah continues on. It says, Shel Damai. When it comes to a Damai Esrog, which I'll explain in a moment, there's a Machlokas Beishamai, Poslan, and Beishil Machshirin. Machlokas, if you can be guilty with that. Damai, you'll recall from Masechus Damai, is produce that was acquired from someone who is not committed to keeping all the ties formally. That person is called an Am Haaretz. And although most Am Haaretz do take ties properly, a significant minority of them do not. And therefore, Chazal required that when you require pear, fruits and produce from an amha'aretz, you must tithe it, I'll call it a second time, out of Suffolk, that's the requirements of demai. Until you tithe it, make, fulfilling the demai requirements, you may not eat it. Now, when it comes to produce which has not been tithed, tevel, certainly untithed produce, so one certainly cannot use that at esrog, which is tevel, for his mitzvah, and if he does, he won't be yotzi, even be the evid, because tevel is usr to eat. You can't eat it, so it can't be lechem. That'd be a problem on the first day, not in the later days. However, demai is sort of not quite like that. The reason is because demai can be eaten under certain certain circumstances. First of all, demai can be eaten in as much as a person can a person who's poor, an ani is exempt from the requirements of tithing demai before consuming it, according to base Hillel. And therefore, since you could give it to a poor person, or in fact, you yourself could make yourself poor and eligible to eat demai very easily by simply relinquishing ownership to all of your possessions. And if you're mach kirna chasav, if you relinquish ownership to your possessions, you become an ani, a poor person, and become eligible to eat demai. That in the case, according to base Hillel, you could use a demai esrog, since either you can give it to someone else or eat it yourself under certain circumstances, in contrast, Beisham, I say that 
No one can eat the mine, not even a poor person, prior to taking those extra tithes or tithes again or tithes of Suffolk. And that being the case, base Shammai will say you can never use the esrog because um, it's not edible until you take the proper tithes. Again, a problem on that first day. Finally, shall Meister Shani Birushalim, Meister Shani in Jerusalem, Lo Yitol, you shouldn't use an esrog like that. Vimnatal Kasher, but if you do your Yotzi after the fact. And um, what's the case here? So Meister Shani, you will recall, is the second time, that is to say, on years one, two, four, and five of the seven year Shemitah cycle. After you take your Truma and your Meister Rishon, giving that to your Kohen and Levi, respectively, you take Meister Shani, a second tithe, which is 10% of what remains, and you take it to eat in Yerushalayim. It's yours for eating. And that being the case, um, you may eat it, therefore can be Lechem, and therefore could use it even on the first day for your Esrog. Um, now, here we're saying you shouldn't take it Lecharchila. Why not? Because Meister Shani is called Kodesh, and there's a requirement to keep it Tahor Lecharchila. You shouldn't let your Esrog or any other Meister Shani produce become Tame, and therefore, just as we're saying Lecharchila, you shouldn't take your Truma Tahora, you also shouldn't take your Meister Shani Tahor to use as an Esrog, lest it become Tame. But if you do, after the fact, you are Yotzi. There's a Machlokas Tanayim, whether Meister Shani is yours, Mamun Bailim, or if Meister Shani really is Hashem's property, Mamun Govoa, and just he invites you to partake of his produce at his table, so to speak, in Yerushalayim, when you eat it in Yerushalayim. Even according to the Tanai Mohold, that Meister Shani is Mamun Govoa, it's Hashem's food, if you will, you still would be Yotzi. They would agree to be Yotzi on the first day, but the Ebed, if you shook your Meister Shani Esrog, and the reason why is because since you, yes, may eat that esrog, it may belong to Hashem, but you have rights to eat it, and that's the essential thing you do with the fruit, so therefore it fulfills the requirements of lechem. It's yours sufficiently, in other words, it's yours to eat, and that's the primary use of an esrog, so if you can eat it, it's considered just enough yours to shake, and therefore you'd be yotzi, you'd be yotzi, uh, eved. again, you shouldn't do it, but that's because you don't want it to become tummy. Now, as far as this qualification of Yerushalayim goes, as the Machlokas were shown him, most learn that the issue is that outside of Yerushalayim, one may not eat Meiser Shani. It's only eaten in Yerushalayim, and therefore we're saying you'll be Yotzi B'di'evid in Yerushalayim, but outside of Yerushalayim, you would not be Yotzi even B'di'evid, shaking your Meiser Shani Esrog. The reason is because you may not eat it outside of Yerushalayim. Others, however, disagree, and they say, listen, Meiser Shani is edible, and the fact that you're not in Yerushalayim may be true, but you could take it to Yerushalayim and eat it over there. So it's yours to eat, just it's a technicality, not here. And therefore, you'd be Yotzi even not in Yerushalayim. And then the question would become, well, then why does the Mishnah mention Yerushalayim if you're Yotzi even outside of Yerushalayim? And the answer is, according to them, that the Mishnah is mentioning Yerushalayim to tell you that L'Charchil, you shouldn't take your Esrog, Meister Shani, Esrog, even in Yerushalayim, because we're afraid it become Tame. But, but the evidence would be Yotzi, both in or outside of Yerushalayim, using a Meister Shani, Esrog, so say other Rishonim, like the Ritva and the Ran. But the Lacha we would go towards those other shitas and say not to use your Maishr Shani anywhere and Bidi Evid in Yerushalayim, yes, you'd be Yeltsi.